welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We watch films to save you hassle. And it's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as they stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Sharing the frame with me today are White Falcon. Hi guys. King Don. Hello. And Cody. Hi. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology. Today, brought to you by the sound mixing and engineering skills of ETE. We are also projecting with the Optoma in full HD and computerized by Toshiba. King Don would like to have a word. I told you, she kills him. Goodbye, Nick. So that's our film quote for the day. Could you run us by this one more time? Should I do it slower? Yeah. I told you, she kills him. Goodbye, Nick. Okay, so that is your little quiz question for today. So we're back on the Doctor Who trail and we're coming back to hashtag cult TV with our co-presenter Cody. So who are you going to present us with today, Cody? It's the remarkable and triumphant uh, reign of Colin Baker as the sixth Doctor. Wow. I'm being slightly sarcastic there. Um, Were you reading the word triumphant (laughs) off the lectern that's in the corner of the room? I was, I was. (laughs) So had that lectern said anything else, you would have said what was written there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Can I just get one thing clear? Is uh, Colin Baker in any way, no, shape, or form no, related no, to no, Tom Baker, no, the Fourth Doctor? No. Why is that? Why is that? Why are they not related? <laughs> yeah. No, they they share no genealogy. Okay, because this would be this would be like the greatest form of nepotism. But isn't there like a rumor that they've tried to get Sean Pertwee to come in after John Pertwee as a Doctor, or he's done a voice? No, no, he'd like to play the Doctor. I think he'd like to play the Doctor. I think so. He'd, okay. he'd be good if they ever brought the Third Doctor back. Yeah. Okay. As someone to play. So tell us a bit more about Colin Baker. Can I just make an observation about the Sixth Doctor? Following on from my observation about the Fifth Doctor, every Doctor had a costume that kind of made sense in the context of their character and personality until the Sixth Doctor, (laughs) when it all went a bit wrong, didn't it? The costume bears no relation to the conception of the character's personality. The Sixth Doctor era, they got so many things wrong from the beginning that... um, it was always doomed, really. Um, they decided to... Um... Actually, can we ask um, White Falcon, what do you think of this costume outfit for a main character in a science fiction series? I think it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, this, that was like of the Doctor costume. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, actually, it's an uh, alien, no? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You learned something. <laughs> 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 they decided... Um, to regenerate Peter Davison and then have another story before the end of the season introducing the new Doctor. Okay. Normally, the Doctor regenerates right at the end of the season yeah. and then the new Doctor appears at the beginning of the next season to yeah. carry on. But the problem with doing this at this particular time is that Peter Davison's last story is maybe the greatest Doctor Who story ever made. Okay, and what um, was the title It probably of that story? isn't because it's not really Doctor Who in that... It's much more adult than Doctor Who. I think I talked about this in the last episode. Mm. But it is a fantastic story. It's written by Robert Holmes, who I talked about in the fourth Doctor era. Was that... Are you talking about... script editor during his classic era. Are you talking about Earthshock? 
Again. No, no, I'm talking about the Caves of Anjazani. Okay, and what happens in the Caves of Anjazani? It's um, it's basically a, a a battle between some gun runners and some drug dealers and some politicians, and everyone ends up dead. And um, it's fantastic. It's funny. It's it's um dark. It's um exciting. A lot of adventure, and um, it's just a brilliant story. And so that so at the end of it, the Doctor regenerates. And then, instead of end of season, they're all triumphant, everyone's happy. It's like the worst story you're ever going to see, the twin dilemma. Colin Baker's first story is The Doctor is just awful. It's amdramtastic. It, it looks like they got a couple of teenage twins to play the um, to play main roles in it who could not act. Okay. Um, the story's confused. The, the, the whole conception of The Sixth Doctor and his relationship with his companion is just completely screwed up and um the, the idea was that it was in they thought it's interesting with the first doctor william hartnell that in in his like first season he wasn't really the hero the hero were his two companions ian and barbara they were the heroes and he was just the odd guy and they thought it'd be fun to come back and maybe make the doctor a bit unlikable again so that we can get the doctor to kind of and we see him and grow to like him so they, they deliberately started off with a doctor who was unlikable yeah so let me just read the summary of uh, The Twin Dilemma of IMDb, and you can tell us what may or may not be wrong with it. So the summary is, the Doctor's moods are wide and in a jumble as he settles into his new regeneration. Elsewhere, a set of genius twins are kidnapped whose mathematical computations can manipulate features of the universe. They're immediately put to work by aliens for an as-yet-unknown end. Wow, I can tell you what's wrong with the grammar of that summary. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a confused story. I think at the end, it's basically they're playing pool with planets. Mm. So they're treating planets as balls. And if you can hit that planet onto that planet, then that planet will... It's like American... It, yeah. Are it's, we talking about American pool? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very... Yeah, it's not a good story. It's just bad. It's a bad story. Wasn't there an episode of Red Dwarf that ended like that once, where it's like Lister had to kind of knock one planet against another to fill in a black hole? Yeah, I think there is, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were Do probably Do taking the piss. Yes, Doctor <laughs> did it for real. So, and and that was how the Sixth Doctor started. Is kind of he, he came across as unlikable. Him and his companion Perry didn't get on. Is there? A, uh, there's a director here saying it's Peter Moffat. Is there any relation to Stephen Moffat at all? No, it's not. But okay. he is the reason why Peter Davison is called Peter Davison and not Peter Moffat. Why is that? Because Peter Moffat had already got his um, name for um, what do you call it? Um, Equity. Oh. Equity. Oh, so that's like a Michael Keaton having to be Michael Keaton instead yeah, of Michael yeah. Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's why. So And David Tennant is not David Tennant's real name. He no. had to change his name for Equity as well. David McDonald. Okay. So he named himself after the Petra Boys singer. Oh, clever. So tell us more about Colin Baker <laughs> so, and so, why we don't like him. So anyway, so this, this season, Peter Davison's last season, finishes off with a terrible Colin Baker story. And then it comes back and obviously the costume is awful. They make um, his first season is a six stories, and um, there are a couple of good stories in there. Avengers on Varos and um, Revelation of the Daleks are good stories, um, but there's just a tone to it. There's there's a sort of black humour running through it. There's a scene in um, what is it? Attack of the Cybermen, I believe, where um, two uh, the Doctor is being set upon by two heavies. And he dodges them and they fall into an acid bath. And the doctor looks and goes, I don't think I'll join you. 
Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like... It's more like a, um, a Schwarzenegger killer. Yeah, line. yeah, it's not a doctor line. The doctor doesn't say that to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a sinister thing to say. You've got Revelation well. of the Daleks, which, you know, is a great story, but it's set in a, in a funeral home where the Daleks are using the bodies of the dead yeah. as new Daleks. They're sticking their heads into Daleks. Wow. And it's, it gets very black, and it's not fun. Yeah. Um, kind of makes first season. And at the end of it... It comes Doctor Who's first cancellation. But when this is the Tory years as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the Tory England. years. So it's like the miners' strike is going on in the background. Yeah. And yeah. like kind of a lot of dark political stuff with Maggie Thatcher. And yeah. And she took out milk from the schools. So the thing is, it's like um, there's a lot of dark political stuff going on in the background in real life. And I suppose a lot of people are tuning into BBC One now for a bit of escapism and it's just not there. Maybe, but it's just not what Doctor Who does. Doctor yeah. Who's an adventure serial in which, uh, you know... Uh, Traveller um, mm. travels the universe and, and helps people out when he finds them. It's not about um, a guy dressed as a clown yeah. in a mood, shouting at people. So is there uh, an element... Ludicrous storylines. Is there an element um, of Colin Baker kind of being a yes man, or do you think he was no, integral uh, to the creative uh, process? All I'm saying here, none of this can be put on Colin Baker. He's a great guy and a great actor. But he was just... John Nathan Turner just didn't know what, you know, it fell apart. This is when Doctor Who really fell apart. At the end of the season, Doctor Who was cancelled or at least put on hiatus. Mm. And they said, okay, you can come back for one season. So they got the first season. Then it it went off the air for 18 months. This is the first time Doctor Who hadn't been on since 1963. Yeah. They brought it back for Conan Baker's last season. And instead of just going back to face it, okay, let's do it properly. It's called Trial of a Time Lord. It's 14 episodes long. It's basically four stories in one story with the Doctor in a courtroom watching the stories with us. So it's basically we're watching the Doctor watch Doctor Who. The stories within them, a couple of them are actually quite good, but you keep getting interrupted because you keep going back to the courtroom. So do you think it should have been called Watch With Doctor instead? Yeah, I mean, it was just a completely misconceived way to kind of save the Sixth Doctor and Doctor Who. It was was a disaster. Um, there's some big names in, in that. Uh, Michael Jaston comes in to play an evil version of the Doctor called the Valiard, which um, has confused Doctor Who fans ever since. I want to say um, one thing about this. The trial of a, the Time Lord, because it seems like Colin Baker's only done 35 episodes, and I'm guessing the 18 months. Yeah, he hiatus, did two seasons. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing the 18-month hiatus has tucked into that or, or cut into that. That 14 episodes, that's like more than a third of his Doctor Who content is just the trial of a Time Lord. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. I mean, what, what Doctor Who fans do now, because it's easier, is split Trial of the Time Lord into four okay. different stories. Yeah. But you've still got the trial bits and all the stories, which yeah. kind of just get annoying wow. and in the way. And then it gets a bit ridiculous because w- one of the writers died. Yeah. That was Robert Holmes. Yeah. Who, um, the Tom Baker's um, script editor. Okay. And the guy who wrote The Case of Vandersani, Peter Davison's last story. Yeah. He died while he was writing one of the scripts for that. Yeah. So we had to get another writer in. Mm. It just got, it, it was... But isn't there this writing concept of like what they call the bottle episode where a character never really leaves the room? Yeah, yeah. And do you think with The Trial of the Time Lord, do you think the BBC are trying to cheat uh, the type of creative side of what Doctor Who can be by creating these bottle episodes with The Trial of the Time Lord? Well, no, because they didn't, it, it's not produced like that. It's just, you know, you get four or five minutes of the court scenes within each episode okay and then you just got title to get no it normally starts in the courtroom mm. and ends in the courtroom so every yeah. cliffhanger wow. is, t- is one of the lawyers saying something and then doctor going 
Yeah. Oh, thinking, no, you know, that's low. Oh, it sounds God. a little bit like LA Law or something. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's got one of the greatest opening shots in Doctor Heber because they really put all their money into the first one minute of that, okay. that season where they have a massive space station um, model. It, mm. it looks really impressive and it's the most impressive thing in the whole season. But hasn't it And been they bring in, and of course, in this season, they kill off Perry yeah. and then. Perry's who? Perry's the assistant. Perry's the assistant. She's been the assistant since Peter Davison. Okay. Um, I've been in a lift with her. Okay. I just want to mention that. And um, um, you can't just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. You've got to tell oh, us the I was whole a, story. I was at a Doctor Who convention. I got into a lift, and in the lift there was Nicola Bryant who plays Perry. There was Nicholas Courtney who played the Brigadier, mm-hmm. and there was another guy I didn't know who he was. But and so yeah, I was in. The That's lift probably how him. he felt about That's, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was probably an older version. It was Peter Davison just being older. But anyway, they sort of killed off Perry, but then they decided they went back on it at the end of the season because they were they were kind of making the story as it went along because there were so many kind of uh, people dying, kind of scripts not working. When you say people so, dying, you mean the writers were dying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, so they were trying to remake it as it went along. So they killed off Perry, and then at the end, they decided that instead she'd gone off and got married to Brian Blessed's character. Wow. Which was Brian Blessed was yeah, in Brian Doctor Who? Yeah, Brian Blessed was in Doctor Who, yeah. Wow. Because um, the thing is, this is, this is like post-Flash Gordon. Yeah, Brian yeah, Blessed, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Wow. So she goes off with Brian Blessed. There's actually Wasn't a novel. like a little <laughs> bit old for her, even Yeah, then. yeah. There's a novel where um, Perry returns and she's like, why did you leave me with that guy? Why would I want to marry him? Is Brian Blessed a good guy, a bad guy, or just neutral in Doctor Who? Oh, no, he's, he's a good he's like a good He's like a warrior chief in Doctor Who. He's only in one story. Okay, okay. But yeah. And then, so Perry's replaced with Bonnie Langford oh, playing okay. Mal. And, you know, people, she's got a lot of stick over the years, but she's actually, for the material she gets, because the, the writing is really suffering around this Yeah, point. didn't Bonnie Langford cross over to... Sylvester um, McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I can imagine that um, Bonnie Langford probably got a lot of stick because at the time, I'm not sure if people would have seen her as like, I don't know, a poor, a poor man's like Kate Bush or something like that, but she had this oh, kind she of... Was, well, she was remembered, was it just with the Just William TV series? Like yeah. the girl that go, I scream and scream and scream. Yeah, yeah. And, and she used to dance, do a lot of dancing on TV. Yeah, because I think she was in a couple <laughs> of talent shows yeah, or something, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So I'm guessing that kind of persona of bringing Bonnie Langford in, do you think there was an element of trying to create some yeah, know, publicity? Yeah, stunt, stunt casting. Stunt it's, casting. It's John Nathan Turner loves stunt casting. Okay. And he's going on. So now, so we've got that, and so... Travel Time Lord is broadcast, and what the BBC says is right. You can have a new series, but we don't want Colin Baker anymore, which is a bit unfair. But they wanted a new Doctor, and they said, right, you can, have, you can, Doctors Who can carry on, but you have to change the Doctor. Is Michael Grade is it still in charge of the BBC yeah. at this time? Yeah. So do you? No, think Michael Grade might have left by then. I think. I think it was Michael Grade. It was Michael Grade who did the original um, cancellation before Travel Time Lord, but I think he might have moved on by the time of. Uh, by the end of Trial of Time Lord, so it was like, okay, you can come back, but you got to have um, new Doctor. And Colin Baker refused to come back mm. for the regeneration, which means Colin Baker's last words of the Doctor are carrot juice, carrot juice, carrot juice. So why did he? Re- why did Colin Baker refuse to come back? Because he thought it was disrespectful to him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, just sacked. It was him. basically sacked. Yeah, he yeah. Was sacked. So. Mm. Mm. I mean, the thing is, do you think... Uh, I mean, does Colin Baker even turn up to the Doctor Who conventions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing is, um, I think I've mentioned these before, but for uh, many years now, Big Finish Productions in London have been doing um, 
Doctor Who audio adventures mm. with all the old doctors kind of and the companions doing new stories. Are they lending um, their voices? Yeah, and okay. their voices. And Colin Baker's stories are some of the most well thought of stories that have been done and everyone's kind of agreed that the sixth yeah. doctor is a brilliant doctor on audio. It's just yeah. a shame he didn't work on TV. You don't or have to think about shame. the costume on yeah, audio. There's no costume. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's had his costume redesigned over the years. So now there's kind of a blue version of it, which is much nicer, much yeah. more subtle. And in, people kind of use that now if they're going to um, draw him or his pictures. In the Doctor Who story, what? How does his costume like inform his character? Is he supposed to? Because well, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's meant to be. Money regenerates. He's meant to have a bit of a crisis. He, he's not. He's not sure who he is. He's kind of. So this is the split personality, yeah. Doctor. I mean, because when he's actually trying on these clothes, I mean, Parry is there going. Ugh. Yeah. So he knows that mm. you know they're not liked. Yeah. Because he's, he's kind of pig-headed doctor. He's kind of a stubborn doctor. Okay. He sulks a lot. This doctor. He's a very unlovable doctor in his first yeah, I did okay. see. I saw an interview. and Because um, it makes him more childlike, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, I saw an interview with Colin Baker, and he said his whole plan was to play him really unlikable in yeah. the first season and then yeah. slightly more likable in the second season yeah. and really like bring out his new personality in the third season, which yeah. he never got because yeah. yeah. he was fired before his third season. I mean, he, he is... He is toned down in the Trial of the Time on season. His doctor is toned down from the version that we've seen the season before when sure. he's much more kind of erratic. Okay. But he never got to do like the whole character arc yeah. that he was yeah. always planning. But, but now he's got to do that in the audio, so mm. he, he's, he plays the doctor he's always wanted to now. And fans are happy, and so... Okay. This is, yeah. So how would you, how would you um, say, summarise uh, this doctor compared to It's just to lost others? opportunity, just kind of how to... How not to do Doctor Who? Really? Yeah. Okay. So, would this be uh, also a season? there was an over reliance on also bringing back old monsters and also mm. tying up loose ends from stories yeah. from twenty years ago? There's a story called Attack of the Cybermen, which tries tries to tie up two different Cybermen stories yeah. from the sixties. Wow. And just some that minor kind of like um. That would have been the, the um. Who's the black and white doctor? Um, Patrick Troughton. That would be Patrick Troughton's doctor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, as a Doctor Who expert, uh, particularly in this room, would you say, at a push, this is the Doctor to skip if you want to enjoy Doctor Who as a newcomer? No, you shouldn't, because Doctor Who. I mean, the thing with Doctor Who, it's always either good or bad. It's it's not. You know, there will always be bad episodes of Doctor Who every season because Doctor Who's very hard to do. You're making a different. Every episode is set. It's got a different set, a different you know, different cast. You know, it's basically anthology series just with a central character who's the same. Mm. So I mean that, that you know, not all stories are going to work. Yeah. So there's always going to be good and bad Doctor Who, and it's worth watching the Colin Baker years. Mm. There are three, two or three. There's um, Vengeance on Varos. There's a mm. uh, Revelation of the Daleks, and also um, there's the two Doctors. We get to see Patrick Charlton last yeah. time. For the last time as the Doctor, mm. and he turns up with um, Jamie, who played his co- with um, Fraser Hines, mm. who played Jamie in the. Um, okay, because there's another British playing. institution uh, like James Bond, and a lot of yeah. people tend to say, even though he only had one crack at it, uh, George Lazenby's like the worst James oh, Bond. Okay, because of um, he wasn't as suave and sophisticated, and he's a bit coarse, and he wasn't like he, the perfect he wasn't actor. But he was—he was, and he's Australian. Yeah, and he was Australian. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but yeah, there was a really reason. <laughs> but the, the thing is, um, there always seems to be like this one stick in the mud, poor character or poor actor or, or unfortunate actor rather, who portrays this long-running 
um, yeah, character, I mean, and they and they kind of throw the weight down on him, and say, "Well, that wasn't the way it should have been done." But you and learn it, for it. I mean, if you're planning on making Doctor Who now, yeah. you can look back at the Colin Baker years and think, "Okay, that's not how you do it." Yeah. Or you might see something. Oh, that's good. I might take a bit of that. But yeah. it's, all of Doctor Who is interesting because all of it is made by different people yeah. with different concerns and different skills. Mm. And you know, and one of the great things about the especially the old series, is that it was basically made by people who would rather be doing something else. Yeah. There are people who work for the BBC and just given the roles. You yeah. know, you're going to be the producer of Doctor Who for the next two or three years. Oh, right. And yeah. that, that, you didn't have a choice about it. Yeah. So they'd probably rather be doing something more adult or something, yeah. a bit more kind of, to give them a bit more prestige. But so it's kind of made, always made by people who would rather be doing something else. Yeah. And that's why I think it's brilliance comes from, is kind of being able to kind of take different, you know, all these different... Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I want to ask, if, if I haven't said this before, do specific doctors get to rotate through all of their enemies or do you find that one or two doctors like never get to meet the Cybermen or never get to um, meet the Daleks? Third doctor never met the Cybermen when John Perry was the doctor, but because of that, in the 1983 uh, story, The Five Doctors, yeah. John Pert, the third Doctor returns and he does meet the Cybermen in that, okay. specifically to address that point. Yes. So, <laughs> so there is kind of... A, I mean, this year, and on New Year's Day this year, Jodie Whittaker yeah. met her first monster from the past when a, a Dalek turned up in that okay. story. So yeah, who, was the, who was the worst Doctor? William Hartnell. Why? He's saying the worst. Oh, the worst, the worst Doctor. Not the first. The worst. Oh, I... It, I don't want to say. What? Sylvester McCoy? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sylvester McCoy is my favourite, so yeah. I'm not going to say it. There's okay. no, I mean, the worst Doctor, I mean, they're all, I mean, my least favourite Doctor is probably the third Doctor, but that's just because of his Tory tendencies, you know. Mm. He's kind of slightly like, a, he's, yeah, the worst way he comes across, because he plays it straight. He's not an alien, the third Doctor. He's but just, you know, he's a, he's okay, a, a establishment man with a kind of good heart. Yeah, but it sounds like um, for TV entertainment yeah this sixth doctor hasn't been given the most entertaining episodes it feels no i mean out of all of the doctors could say that mm. i mean he got he got fewer than any of his predecessors yeah so so is it would it would it be fair to say that if you can tolerate the uh sixth doctor then everything else is going to be a dream to watch after this uh maybe not sylvester mccoy's first season yeah. but yeah okay, yeah basically okay. Right, so um, I mean, there's good bits in this. There's, there's good bits in the worst Doctor Who stories. Well, what we're going to do, because I think we're coming up on time now, is um, which episodes of uh, Colin Baker's iteration of a Doctor would you recommend? Vengeance on Varos, uh, the Two Doctors, Revelation of the Daleks, and um, the, the last part of Trial of a Time Lord, which has been nicknamed the Ultimate Foe, is a is a fun little two episodes. Okay. Uh, as experimental as Doctor Who has been over uh, the years. Which numbers are those? Which numbers? Because there's like 14 parts. Yeah, it's, that would be episodes 13 and 14. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So, uh, thank you for your insight into the sixth Doctor. Really appreciate that, Cody. Okay. And uh, just before we close this episode, we're going to try and work out what uh, King Dom's quote is. So, can you fire it at us one more time, please? Basic instinct. Basic instinct. Points to Akosh. Oh, so Nick is the Michael Douglas character. Yep. Uh, oh, amazing. Go, the Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, a fictional Nick. I was trying to. Hear. Well, it is yeah. another American classic. <laughs> okay. Cool. Comparable to the Great Gatsby in many ways. <laughs> so well done, 
White Falcon for getting that. That means you're going to be giving us the next film quote in our next episode. So yeah. thank you very there much. There is um, a slight reason for Basic Instinct. Why is um, that? Well, um, recently the Hungarian producer Andy Viner died at the age of 74. Andy Viner is best known for producing Rambo, but the company he founded also produced, among many other things, Basic Instinct. Okay, cool. All right, thank you for that insight. Really appreciate that. And we appreciate you listening to our episode. So, without further ado, it's up to me to say thanks to our presenter, Cody. No problem. Thanks to our co-hosts, White Falcon. Yeah. And King Dom. <laughs> goodbye. That was a very smoky goodbye there, wasn't it? Drinking my... <laughs> he's um, drinking whiskey and yeah. playing poker. At the same time, yeah. He's got time to do that on our podcast. And That's what he's doing while we talk about Doctor Who. Exactly. Um, I've been your host, uh, TJ, and we have been comparably uh, sound engineered by EZE. Guys, it's a pleasure. He's not two miles away. He just hasn't got his own mic today. Um, he is two miles away. He's yeah. in Forest Gate and we're in Stratford. <laughs> uh, the power of Wi-Fi. Um, you were listening to Geek Sweat. These are end credits, so we invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on Castbox FM, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Podchaser. Download either of these apps to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating interview questions or even income, please feel free to email us at filmatinstigateonline.com. We will have more in store. Feel free to rate and review us inside your podcast platform. You can also find us online via Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the hashtag G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T. That's hashtag GeekSweat. This podcast thrives on listeners, so thank you for sharing your ears to show you we care. We, we watch, watch films, films to, to save, save you hassle. hassle.